sound real educated. Like, <laughs> I wish we could just come to a place where we all agree on how the books of the Bible are pronounced. Right? I feel like I've heard every book and every name said totally it's different. Just, it's like, what? What is it? Okay? <laughs> I think the only thing we can agree on is Genesis. That Genesis is Genesis. Yeah. Everything Genesis. else, like, Revelation don't even have an S and we say Revelations. Like, I just really don't understand. Like, I, anyway. I'm laughing at it. Bring it back. 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 All right. Anyway. Hey, 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 y'all. It is another episode of the I'm Saved But podcast. I am Damo, and this is my co-host, Danny. Welcome to episode Six. We are the host of the I'm Safe But podcast, and our hope is to help millennials transition from religion to relationship by providing a space where they can feel transparent, where they can be transparent, where they can speak transparently about their walk with God and what it looks like. It's to speak transparently for me, okay? So before we get into episode six today, we just want to remind you to stop what you're doing if you have not already go back listen to episodes one through five okay one through five you need to stop and listen to those (laughs) as soon as possible okay because each episode kind of builds on one another so today is episode six and today's episode is entitled i'm saved but are we there yet? Are we where? Are we, have we arrived? What? Arrived to, to what? I guess to the pinnacle of Christianity. <laughs> have we made it to the mountain? Have we made it to the mountaintop? Okay. What's your answer? Are we? No, we're not. And if your answer is yes, then I'm really going to need you to go back to the altar, down on your knees and. Stay there. You know, stay there. <laughs> <laughs> until you until, until you receive the revelation of the Lord. Hello. That's not it. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking about how we as Christians struggle with something called pride. 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 And talking about how walking with Christ is active until we meet him it is a process nobody Um, has arrived nobody is there yet we are all working at it still still until the day you die okay working on it all right all right so our theme scripture for this episode comes from philippians 3 verses 12 through 14 and it says not that i have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, I press. It's the I press for me. It's the I press. I press towards the mark. I press. Come on. (laughs) So when we started thinking about this topic, y'all, and just that scripture alone, right? It it pretty much puts us in the mindset that no one has arrived, right? They're explaining to us that we are thriving to get to the place that God has, you know, called us to or gone ahead to prepare for us. And the the way that we do that daily is to press towards that place. This is an action, right? This is a continuous action. And every day until we are gone, we are oh, where? where are we going? Going up beyond <laughs> to be with my Lord. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so with that, and because of that, because we are literally every single day pressing and working and trying to get 
caught up to meet him. Nobody is perfect. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody is there yet. That's the episode. Are we there yet? No. No. None of us are. And I think for Christians, it's so important. The reason we decided to talk about this idea of pride is because it's so important to be humble. Be humble. Sit down. So important. And a lot of times, I know from my own personal experience, I've seen people leave the church. I've seen people not feel welcomed in the church because everyone in the church got their nose stuck up in the air like they have everything going on. And how can you draw people and that's your attitude? So let's get into that. Man. So the first thing that, you know, we really want to talk about is this idea of perfection versus perfected. I feel like that is like the biggest misconception I feel like when it comes to believers whether you are a new Christian old Christian you know I feel like like for myself you know when I accepted you like I talked and I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before this where I was just like I felt like the Christianity that I saw the version of Christianity that I saw you know, everybody else had was for older people. I did not feel like that applied to me because it seemed like you had to have everything together, which if we think about it, if salvation requires us to have it all together, then what is the purpose of salvation? Period. And it's just like, you know, you think about perfection and it's just like, so The definition of perfection is, according to Merriam-Webster, yes, we defend earth today. Perfection, (laughs) the condition, state, or quality of being free or as free as possible from all flaws or defects. Free. Free. No issues. None. No flaws. No defects. At all. At all. And you know what? The only form of perfection that we see in the Bible is Jesus. Ha! Jesus. The only. The only one. The only one. The only one. He I don't, is know, anybody, I don't know anybody in this life. I didn't read about nobody in the Bible that was perfect. Nope. But Jesus, nope. God, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. My God. God in <laughs> three persons. that's it so we think about like i think if we look at that definition alone perfection and we set that as the example of god none of us are perfect nope none of us are there yet because none of us today i don't i mean i've never met maybe somebody out there believes they are but none of us today have walked the 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 journey that he did giving up our life for people, right? Nobody has done that. None of us, I feel like none of us, none of us are the perfect sacrifice. None of us. There are things that you can sacrifice, right? Absolutely. Yes. However, when it comes to your life, I mean, guess what? Uh, Every time you try to go pay, you have insufficient funds. (laughs) The funds are insufficient. Why? Because you don't meet the criteria. You don't make it. You don't make the cut. Exactly. And if that was the case, right, if somebody was perfect, all the people who God used before Jesus came along to try and get the word across to people to help people understand, why weren't they the sacrifice? Right? These people God, like, clearly loved, clearly had his hands upon, clearly used, yet none of them. He he used, and we've talked about this, murderers, drug dealers. He used prostitutes. He used everybody. Yep. He used everybody. None of them were perfect. None of them were perfect. And I think that's the thing that we have to kind of like get back to when it comes to salvation and the qualifications or, you know, whatever you want to say. It's just like, stop disqualifying people from salvation just because their sin doesn't look like yours, just because they don't fit what you think they should. And it's just like this whole thing. We talked about this too, about um, 
what is it? Respectability politics in the church. And it's just like, oh, yes, like the whole idea is, you know, using religion as a form of a moral compass uh, or even as a social standard to say, oh, look, I'm a Christian. Okay. And because Jesus has washed all my sins away, you know, I am better than you. And that that's not the case. It is not the case at all, because as Christians, our journey is being perfected. We are perfected through Christ and being perfection and being perfect versus being perfected are two totally different things. Perfected. It means to make something completely free from faults or defects or as close to such a condition as possible. To make something. To make. It is a process. A process. It is a continuous process. Jesus makes us perfect through salvation. We are perfected through him. Without him, bro, says. You're not perfect. <laughs> like you don't make the cut. Like we don't. You know, and it goes back to you know this whole thing about about righteousness, and you know we talked about that in our podcast interview with the obedient podcast. Shout out to y'all. Um, but it's just like I feel like if we understood that salvation was a open the door to a process more people would be in be wrong but also I feel like I feel like a lot of us have a toxic relationship when it comes to our relationship with the Lord I feel like a lot of us if we really look at the state of our relationship with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, if we match that across other relationships, actual relationships that we have in our lives, how does our relationship with God match up with our other relationships? What what does how does it rank? What does it look like? Is it healthy? Is it a healthy relationship? Because a lot of us are not in a healthy relationship with the Lord. We use God as a, a genie. We use salvation as a insurance policy. And I'm speaking from experience. So yeah. don't like. Is and it- I like that because we do that because we think that we have some answers. We think that we have control over this thing. But the reality is, is that when you realize that you are being perfected through God. Yeah. Right. He has full control. Like, yes, he gives us choice in some cases, but at the end of the day, he wrote your story before it ended, before it started, rather. Right. And if that is the case, like why? How I said earlier of I think when people understand this, it'll draw more people is because I know one of the biggest things I hear from people when they turn away from Christianity or the church is that. They don't feel welcome. People are judging them. People are, you know, people, pride to some people and in some cases can come off as hate. And you can't draw nobody when you have this shield up like nobody can touch me. I got this title and this name and I'm on this higher level and don't talk to me unless you address me by this title or, you know, this my seat in the church. I'm arguing over this pew. Like those kinds of like, it just makes no sense in the church. Yeah, or I'm living my life this way and because, yeah. you know, like, you're not doing what I'm doing and you don't have the same convictions that I have. This is all, all individual processes. My life and my testimony is not like Danny's testimony, though both of us are Christians and though both of us are on a Christian walk. Exactly. So to ever put your your you know life and what you've gone through above somebody else or to belittle somebody else, that or is like not in any way. Or like or or like your life is the standard. Because there's only one life that's the standard, and again, that's Jesus. Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus. 
Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So let's, we gonna go a little bit further into this and just think about some obstacles, right? So we're focusing in on pride, right? And so when we thought about this topic, there were a lot of things that just came up that are like, maybe I concepts that we don't realize, where pride shows up that we don't realize, how to fight pride and get through it. We're going to talk about all that. So the first one, just uh, I think just in general, is adjusting to adulthood. When you become an adult, right? Because I know for myself, I couldn't wait to tell my mama I'm on my own. I pay my own bills. I got my own apartment. I got my own this. Like couldn't, couldn't wait. Like, no, mama, uh-uh. You can't you can't tell me what to do. Like, couldn't wait for all of that. Right. And so that was obviously very much so natural, right? That wasn't really spiritual. That was just me like ready to be 18, get my first tattoo, ready to go off to college and you know, can be on my own and do whatever I wanted to do. That was in the natural, but that also attached on spiritually. Mm-hmm. Right. Walking around like I have everything. I am everything. Body was good when I first went to college, because let me tell you, right. All of it felt like I had it all. (laughs) And the kids was going through. And it's just like, but wait, I'm not like saying that, you know, I'm the the example of Christianity. This was like in just my natural life saying this is how I am, how I was. But all those things tie in together. You can't separate the two. You can't separate that. So if this is how you walking around and you're saying that you are a Christian, God going to be like, oh, okay, let me humble you a little bit. Girl. And boy, does he humble you. Honey, humble. Like, <laughs> and like we said before, like, I don't, I don't know this, like, God, this version of God that some of these people be talking about, like, because God be getting me together all of the time, all of the time. And it's just like I remember um coming home from, from school. I think for me, um transitioning from college back home yes. was a huge obstacle where God had to constantly like come like kind of like come at me like that, that. I remember sitting in church, right? And I was like kind of irritated because you know. It, at school, you know, you go into a non-denominational church, you know, and then you go back home to a more traditional church. And it's just like, it ain't the same. It's not. It is not the it's same. not the same. And I was sitting there just like, Lord, like, I just really don't understand. Like, oh, like, why are we still doing this? Woo, woo, woo. And the Lord spoke to me clear as day. As I had my little attitude sitting in the pew, he said, you were once one of them. And I had to, in that moment, I I was confronted with that and with the reality that I was starting to become the type of Christian that I was trying not to become. And it's just like, you can't think of yourself as you have, you know, arrived so much just because you've been exposed to a different way of doing things. Your level of exposure does not equate to your, to, to you know, your level of righteousness or, you know, how saved you are. Absolutely. Because righteousness has nothing to do with your actions. No. We came to that understanding. Righteousness has nothing to do with what you do. You can walk around, you can give to the biggest charity you want. You can help any and everybody give your last, but that does not equate to your righteousness. It doesn't. And it's just like, and even in that, like you think like the thing with pride, pride is really tricky, right? Mm -hmm. It's really tricky because a lot of us don't even know how to really identify pride and how it and how it sneaks in there and functions because a lot of times we feel validated 
in in what we in our beliefs. You know what I'm saying? Like we feel we feel validated. And the issue with pride is when you know it's pride when God confronts it. Mm-hmm. And then you just like, no. Yeah. Like, why I gotta do this because so-and-so did this. And so like I feel justified. Like what you are telling me don't line up with my beliefs and I do not want to accept what you Lord, what you Holy Spirit, who is the, the, you lead us in all truth. Okay. That's, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. That's his job description. And he does his job. He does it well. Does it perfectly. Perfectly. Okay. (laughs) It's perfect. And so when the Holy Spirit goes and confronts you and says, hey, you need to do this. And your response is no, because I feel blah, 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 blah. You might want to take a second, take a deep breath and reevaluate why you feel that way that's because the bible says what it say it says pride mm-hmm. comes before the fall it it does and it also says warning comes before destruction so if we connect those two together and like she just said if you have been prideful and feel no conviction in it or feel validated in it and god is coming to you trying to you know, reveal some things to you about your character, about your ways, about your talk. And you still are like, no, I think I'm good. I got this together. Just know he finna humble you. Honey, and I don't want to see you fine. And and it's it's not easy. And it's not easy. I think personally, my most recent experience with it is just like, just to tell y'all like this is real. We're not joking. We're not saying. And again, we don't talk about anything that we've never experienced ourselves. I mean. Um, because when you get when you get married or about to get married, engaged, whatever, everybody around you is like, it's different. It's different. Get ready. It's gonna it, I don't care how long y'all been together. When you get married, something changes, right? Mm-hmm. In my mind, I was just like, we've been together 10 years. Ain't nothing going to change. Like what, what can happen? What, what's really going to change from after 10 years? But let me tell you. Baby. (laughs) And again, this is like, this is just the reality. This isn't like a shot at my marriage, a shot at anything. This is more of like one thing that I didn't understand about marriage is marriage is a ministry. I never understood that term when people said that to me. Right. And so me and all my prideful way of like, no, me and my husband, we know each other. We got this. We'd have been together for 10 years. You know, we ain't worried about that. Like we could tackle everything. Yes, that's good to have. Right. 100 percent united, like 100 percent believe in us. That's good. But it got to a point where I was like, in some cases. I don't want to say oblivious, but just like not a blind spot. I had a blind spot because this is something I had never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And so even something as simple as that, like some people may not see that as pride because they're like, you know, you were just confident in your relationship. But marriage is something that God ordained. Mm-hmm. Marriage is something that God covers. God, when we said I do, we put him as the third part in this here relationship. And so in any way, if I put the marriage before God, Ooh. that's pride. That's like, what? What? <laughs> you put spouse, so if I put us before God, if I put the spouse, if I put the marriage, if I put anything before the relationship with God, he going to have to humble it. He going to have to show you because God is jealous. And that's just real. Like one thing, and I think Danny actually brought this to me because I was just like, "Whoa!" First of all, this slapped me in the face, and this this marriage example is where it like really hit for me. She said that pride is a form of idolatry of the self. Let me say that one more time. 
pride is a form of idolatry of the self and idolatry is sin. Uh, it's what, friend? Idolatry is what? Sin. Sin. So when I'm walking around here, like I got it all together, like everything is peaches and cream. Like I'm not worried about the enemy and anything he can do. I'm, I know, I know I got God, but I know how to handle this. I know how I'm going to do this, you know, and I put more emphasis on me or on us. I put us first. I put us before God. I, I idolize something else and God don't like that y'all. He don't like you. And then also, also, listen, okay. I'm going to tell you something. All right. Listen to this. Also, when you do that, okay, because pride is basically idolatry of self, mm-hmm. idolatry, idol. So you're mm-hmm. idolizing, you're lifting something up. It's lifted up. This thing now has a seat, whatever is high and lifted up, it get you give it permission to rule, right? So you've given this thing permission to rule over you. God, whatever rules over you is what covers you. There are some things your marriage can't cover you from. And if your marriage is what's covering you and nothing is covering it, what you going to do? Yes. What, then, what, what you going to do? Yes. And marriage, that's just the example. That's one example that we had, right? This can happen in so many areas of your life. So many, like even for myself, it's just like I was, for example, so we're using recent examples. Y'all know I'm in therapy. I am a advocate for therapy. Go talk to somebody. Okay. You can't really deal with your pride or even really understand the roots of your pride if you don't start doing some of this work and being self-reflective because a lot of it is is has interwoven itself into our personalities because what we have done uh when we don't deal with our trauma we allow our trauma to to grow and it sets roots in us and so then things that we think are part of our personality are really coping mechanisms. Okay. What pride is pride is kind of like a, a watchman. It is a, a guard. What is pride guarding? Usually whatever pride is guarding is going to be some type of, of fear. Okay. That's the way God showed me. So you have pride as like the first, the first gatekeeper, the first, the first, first soldier. All right. What is pride protecting? Pride is always protecting something. So the next thing you're going to have to acknowledge is that, hey, my pride is covering up this fear or this insecurity. This fear and insecurity is rooted in this trauma. If we do not start dealing with it, understanding that, hey, this pride is covering up for something. It's a cover. It is your first line of defense. So if you if 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 you see, if the Lord start talking, like, hey, you prideful. I was washing the dishes, mind my business. My therapy session did not go the way I wanted it to go. Like it was cool, but I was still feeling some type of way. I was still feeling some type of way. And if y'all know me, anybody who know me, no, I don't like to clean. Okay, I don't like to clean. So if you're trying to wife me up, just know we probably gonna have to get a maid because I don't. If you see me cleaning, that means I'm upset. I'm angry. I was washing the dishes, right? Washing dishes. Man of my own business. Holy Spirit say, hey, you want to know what your problem really is? And me being, you know, okay. I'm watching. I said, yeah, I want to know. He said, you're prideful. It's your pride. I said, "Uh uh-uh, no, I'm sorry. The person you have reached (laughs) is not available. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Uh-uh, eh, (laughs) eh. What, what, what? Lord, how you said that? We don't want to hear that. Like, what are you talking about, Lord? What are you you talking about? And then he started showing me how I was elevating 
other people's fear of man versus fear of God. Fear of man says that I care more about what man says versus the fear of God, where it says I care more about what God says. And so what was happening was that I had lifted up somebody else's opinion, what somebody else had done to be the the truth or the standard for myself when God was saying something else. And then I got mad at somebody because they didn't even have the capacity to do it anyway, which is a whole nother story. But my pride would not allow me to forgive because I felt justified. I felt justified. What happens when God wants you to do something that is opposite of what you want to do? Because you feel justified. That's where pride is revealed. When God does something or God asks you, pushes you in the direction to do something and it's not what you wanted to do, not what it you wanted to look like. And so you decide to do it a different way. You are telling God that you trust yourself more. Hello. I don't trust you. And if you tell God that I would rather do what I want to do, I trust myself because we're talking about fear, right? Mm -hmm. If fear is leading your life, what you're saying to God is that, hey, I trust my fears and experiences more than I trust you. This is right. So what you're also telling God is that he's a liar. But the Bible says that God is not a liar because he is not he is not a man, that he should lie. So what your pride is doing is basically saying, God, you're a liar. Can you imagine walking around here feeling confident, like you on top of the world, like you got it all together, like your decisions are right. And everything that you do is telling God that you don't trust him. And saying that he's a liar. You it's not, it's not, it's not just I don't trust you. It's to say I don't trust you means that I distrust your word. To distrust his word means that something in his word is not true. To say something in his word is not true means to call him a liar and that's not who he is. But because we do not know God, because we do not open up our Bibles and read, we sin. Because just because you do something that feels right, if it is not what God told you to do, it is still sin. I don't care how justified we feel. You can do a good thing, something that you feel is right. But if it is not what God told you to do, it's still sin. Because God don't care about what you think or what you feel is right. What God cares about is what he told you to do. Let me add another layer to this. Go ahead, sis. Preach. Right. So she's so we just said when you do things your own way, well, started saying, and when you function out of fear, insecurity, trauma, whatever, and you guard that or protect that, you put up this this front of pride, right? That I got it, that my fears are telling me I shouldn't go that way, I should go this way. My insecurities are telling me I shouldn't talk to that person, I should talk to this one. My trauma is telling me to hide, right? When you operate that way, right? We just said when you operate that way and you put pride at the forefront, you are telling God that you don't trust him because any message he tries to get through you to you, your fear, your insecurity, your trauma block it, right? Mm -hmm. So you're telling God you don't trust him and he's a liar. Now, imagine you walking around calling yourself a Christian, right? Our purpose in this Christian walk is to draw other people, right? Mm -hmm. Our purpose in this Christian walk is to pull, to draw people to Christ, right? We are supposed to be, you know, disciples. We are supposed to draw people to Christ. Now, imagine you walking in this pride, disguised pride. We're walking in this fear, insecurity, trauma, disguised as pride, right? And 
people are coming to you because they're like, oh, she got it. She, you know, got he he doing this. He prospering. He got it all. Right. And so people are coming to you like, I want to know what you got. I want to know what you doing. I want to know how to get where you are. But you're leading them through your own understanding. Mm. You're leading them through your own knowledge. So who are you actually leading them to? Who? Are you leading them to you or leading them to God? Man. Like, I don't think we realize how Mm -hmm. much our purpose, our plan, our walk, our every day is being watched by other people, Mm. is connected to other people. Yeah. And so now you have, I hate using this word, but sometimes it just works. Now you have perverted the walk because you've made it out of something that it's totally not. You've taken advantage of being calling yourself a Christian, but not really lining up with what he's called you to do. You are now leading other people further away from God because now you're you're justifying them and walking in their own understanding and knowledge. Mm. right so now your misdirection is tied to so many other people and that's heavy yeah your disobedience just like like john hannah has said and i think i said this a couple videos ago he said that one man's yes is tied to thousands of lives and just as that is true your no your disobedience is tied to so many other people you know, it's just you look, look at this is why I like the Old Testament. You look at you look at Jonah, right? Jonah had one job. God told Jonah, go to this place. Jonah said, No, I am going to go somewhere else. And his disobedience with him getting on the boat with all these other people, led those people into a storm that had nothing to do with them. And then he ended up getting knocked off the boat. Well, he knew it was him and he, you know, you know the story. Got swallowed up by a little whale. Well, not a little whale, but a big whale. <laughs> and uh, ended up going back to Nineveh. Um, but it's just like, you, you mean well. You know, you mean well, oh, or, you know, like Gideon, we can talk about him too. You know, you're dealing with stuff like false humility and that's not necessarily Gideon's issue, but it's similar, but you're dealing with stuff like false humility. False humility is also pride. Explain it. What's false humility? So false humility is when you are, um, basically you basically have a a low a low view of yourself like you know people try to congratulate you or you know um say nice things about you or even you know you're always kind of like verbally discrediting yourself like oh no I didn't do oh no it wasn't that great and you know oh no I just it wasn't that important and woo, 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 woo. if you find yourself constantly doing stuff like that when someone is trying to congratulate you because except like when somebody's praising you and say hey you did a good job woo, woo, it's okay to say thank you woo, woo. but if you're constantly finding yourself degrading the things that you're doing right or or thinking low of yourself lower the things that you're doing i want you to really ask yourself are you really being humble or are you attention baiting are you really humble or do you just want people to tell you you did a good job in anything you do, you got to think about your motives. Think about the why. why? Like th- this idea, first of all, you just said like if it, and I know that's something that I do. Girl, me too. <laughs> I do. And I never, never really looked at it that way. But just like we just said, when you 
when you walk in your own understanding, you're telling God he's a liar. When you degrade yourself and you are a child of God or when you don't, you know, speak highly of yourself, when you don't accept the praise, like they're saying, when you feel so lowly of yourself and saying, I can't, I can't do this. I'm not this good. That's not my role. You know, whether you are attention seeking or not, right? When you do that again, you are telling God that what he called you to be ain't true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you might look, and I want to put this in here. A lot of this, you might not be doing intentionally. Yes. And that's why it's so important that you go to counseling and start doing some of this work. Because as you begin to do some of this work, you will start to see how pride has, you know, snuck in there and affected your perception. Okay, so I don't want y'all to think, oh my God, you know, repent, repent. Like, yes, you need to repent. Like we, uh, we, we, we all do, but I don't want you to beat yourself up because God's grace is sufficient. Okay. He gives you new mercies every morning. God is slow to anger. The reason why we're even doing this podcast is because God was getting on us about some areas in our lives that we were still being very prideful in. So I I don't want y'all to to get so caught up in this oh my god oh my god like over what's what I'm looking for like oh like over obsessing mm-hmm. over this it's just like acknowledge it ask the Lord to reveal it to you that's and where the change comes in and start and start doing the work it's your response. Okay, pride is all about the it's all about the response. You can be afraid, all right? But if if you look at Gideon, Gideon was afraid. Gideon was not sure. God said, "Hey, Gideon, you're the person I want to lead." Gideon was not he did not think highly of himself. He just like it was always an issue like, "Lord, this is this." But his response was different because he never stopped at Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. He started to say, Lord, if this is what you are calling me to do, then confirm it. And he asked God to confirm it multiple times. So one of the ways, and I think I might be getting ahead of myself, but one of the ways in which we combat pride is by being open with the Lord, telling the Lord how you feel, but also asking him to come to confirm it to you. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong. With ask, you, you have not because you act because you ask not. And so we have we have to get into the, the thing of, of asking. I think it also ties to any of the messages that we've sent so far. Any episode, we're on episode six now. I think just when you, if, if you're watching, if you're listening, whatever, and God reveals something to you, or you take that personally and you're like, wait, Ooh, I do that. Wait, Ooh, I need to fix this. We are in no way shunning you or trying to make you feel bad or trying to cause you to feel, to feel hurt about anything. The purpose of having these conversations, just like Danny said, is to hold you accountable for yourself. Yeah. Now that you know, now that you've made these connections, now that you maybe God start, you know, God been talking to you and you've been ignoring it. Now it's this may be confirmation in some areas that you have already been like ignoring or kind of straying away from or trying to figure out. Right. Cannot, cannot, cannot stress it enough. Go to God and ask him to say it to you, to reveal it to you to open your eyes, your ears, to give you discernment and wisdom. Like that's literally all he wants. He just wants you to come and talk to him. Can I talk to you? We did go a long time without a music number, but we did. that's literally all he wants. And that's the reality of this conversation. Like pride can absolutely bring a lot of negative into your life. 
And sometimes if you feel like maybe you're in a place where everything has been going wrong for a long time, maybe you need to check yourself. But it's also the flip side, because I know there are so many people who um, struggle with pride, but everything is going well. That doesn't mean that, you know, it just ends there. That just means you just have more room and a different way to, you know, understand it or break it or, you know, there's a different path for you on fixing it. That's all that means. Like, like to that, it's just like we have to stop comparing our walks. Mm -hmm. Because comparison will also lend itself to pride. Yes. Because then it's just like, why is this person here and I'm there? Why does this person get to do this and I'm over here doing that? Mm-hmm. And it be it pride is I, 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 I. It is a hyper focused on like being hyper focused on yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. You have you have to stop comparing yourselves. But in this culture, it's something that you have to be intentional about because every day, every second you're on social media, you know, and you're you're seeing other people, whether it is, you know, a celebrity or like people in your circle. We are constantly seeing these images. okay, images of people's lives, the snapshots of people's lives. And what we have to constantly remind ourselves is that this one picture, these, this, this little video clip is not showing the entirety of life. You, you don't, you don't know. And the quicker we get to the, I don't know what's going on in your life. So I'm going to go over here and mind my own business and worry about what's going on in my life will help us out a lot with our pride because you're hyper-focusing on them and looking at yourself and just like, well, why am I not? Ooh, just like, look, mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. Mind your business. And as always, we bring it back to community, too, because a lot of times we don't see it. And if you have people around you who who are protecting you, right, you have people around you who are uplifting you, who are going to God for you. God can use people to show it, too. Right. He'll use other people to bring these things to your knowledge. He'll use because Danny and our other friend, Aisha will do the same thing they'll bring situations to me and they will check me they will get me together right but that's the purpose of it like if I want to do better if I want to grow I have to be willing to let other people hold me accountable yeah and that's the biggest thing that's the biggest oh in order to in, in order to have or allow people to hold you accountable, you have to be transparent. You have to be transparent. If you are not going to be transparent, completely transparent about where you are, you're going to allow pride to, to sneak in areas of your life that you hide, especially when you're dealing with people who are the strong friend or the the saved friend. One of the things that I've had to be intentional about is being extremely transparent about where I am. Because if I don't, I have enough word on the inside of me. I know enough Bible to get by. And by the time it is, it is, seen by everybody else that I'm not okay it's gonna be too late and this is what you have to watch out for you have to put transparency as one of the top things that is going to be one of the top things that help you stay out of pride to keep your pride in Check. You cannot allow your circle not to know what's going on with you. Period. 
Even Jesus had a group. He did. Jesus had a circle. <laughs> and the circle, and there's different levels to the circle. Yeah. You 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 have the three, and then you have the twelve. The three saw parts of Jesus that that the rest of them did not. Mm-hmm. I said the three and the twelve, but it's the three, and then whatever three minus twelve is. What's that? Nine. Yes. Is that nine. Okay. You had the three, and then you had a nine. Okay. And so, and then you have everybody else. And so Jesus was very intentional about who he allowed to see him in certain capacities. You want to know who wasn't one of the three? Judas. Judas was not one of the three. Matthew, Mark. And Luke were also not a part of the three. <laughs> wasn't nothing wrong with them, but they just they just wasn't. They didn't. They just, they just wasn't. They were not. You have to know who has to pay. Lord, back to communication with the Lord. Talk to him. Lord, reveal to me who has the capacity to handle my full self. Because there's certain people in your in your circle that don't have the capacity. Cause honey, if I if I if I start talking to the way the way I talk to Dominique and some of my other honey, let me tell you something. Some people probably looking at me sound like, "What did you just?" Huh? Because not everybody understands. You everybody don't have the capacity, and so that's why it's really important that you have community. But like Dominique said, you use wisdom, discernment, ask the Lord who highlight these people, confirm with me, Lord, yes. these people. Because you don't, you don't want to end up revealing parts of yourself to people that don't have the capacity. Because then that'll be a train wreck. Yes. Well, we've clearly already jumped ahead of ourselves into like our tools, right? That's where we're going with this, right? Yeah. So we've already hit two a couple times already. Community, and we've said this in almost every episode now. How important having community around you, especially when it comes to pride, because oftentimes we don't see what we're doing because we're we're just acting, walking, being, right? And so it takes somebody on the outside, but somebody, like we said, who's in your corner. Yep. That second one was pray. Yep. Prayer, prayer, devotion, talk to God and be specific. Literally say, God, I don't know if this is where you are calling me to be. Reveal it to me. Confirm it to me. God, I am confused. Or God, I feel like I'm struggling in this area. Help me maintain. Bring me back some joy. Bring me back some peace. Show me me so I can do better. Like, give me wisdom. Give me this. Like, you can be as specific as possible with God. And I suggest you do because if you leave some gray area, you leaving him some room to work in different ways. Now, either way, he gonna do it how he want to do it. But when he you're is. specific, he knows what you are in need of. Yeah, and then also with that, um, your relationship with the Lord is a two way street. So I would also suggest get a journal and sit, sit. and shut up. And let him talk to you. Yep, because he will. But you have you you can't just be running your mouth the whole time and then get up and leave. I think I told y'all, like I I would do that. And the Lord, like it was, I was avoiding him on purpose, just to say that I I prayed. Well, I prayed about it, Lord. I did. <laughs> I asked in your name, but you didn't answer. Yes. He's like, you never stop long enough for me to talk so stop stop long enough for him to talk another tool is fasting oh my god you said the f word (laughs) fasting and the lord convicted me about this because at first i was just like oh fasting you know super spiritual the lord said no fasting is basic every believer should be doing it yep Every believer should be doing it. Fasting. You need to, you if you're not fasting from food, 
fast from some, maybe you need to fast from social media. Maybe you need to fast from your phone. Period. Maybe you need to fast from Netflix. Period. Maybe you need to fast from people. Sometimes you need yes. to take a hiatus mm-hmm. and you need to go away. in your little corner and go away. In like, my own little corner, <laughs> in my own Sometimes you really have to. Like fasting does, and that's one thing I had to even come to understand. Fasting is not always giving up food, right? Because the purpose of fasting is to like put your body and your mind and your spirit back in alignment, mm-hmm. right? The purpose of fasting is for you to have time with God, for you to bring everything back into the place that you needed to be. And kill your flesh. Kill your flesh. Right. To kill your flesh. To to have control. To get control over your flesh. And the it doesn't always have to be food. Like we said, it could be fasting from social media, fasting from people, fasting from your phone. Even if it's not, and it doesn't have to be all day. Maybe it's like from right when I get off work until I go to bed, I'm not looking at my phone or whatever. Like whatever you do is just to discipline yourself. Mm. That's Ooh, the look, that's a good one. Even Jesus stepped away. Even G- and I think uh, Jackie Hill Perry. I think she had posted them on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter, like a few years ago, and she said she was talking about how the way Jesus didn't get caught up in all the fame and you know all the hoopla was the fact that after he ministered to the group of people, he always went away to pray. With none of his, like sometimes it was with none of the disciples, he went away to pray. How often do you disconnect yourself from your world that can be very loud? Jesus's world was very loud. There were a whole group of people trying to make him a king. And you're just like, this is not a part of the assignment. Like, this is a part of the assignment, but this not this way. This is not how it's done. Okay. All right. And it's just like we as believers, if we're going to use Jesus' life as a template, which he is his ex- he is the example for us, we're going to have to start implementing some of the things that he did. Jesus consistently fast, fasted. He he consistently was in conversation with the Lord. Okay. He was, he he had a group of people that he surrounded himself with. He was aware of who had the capacity to handle parts of him that other people could not handle. You you have, just look at Jesus, open up your Bible and read it, read your Bible. That's it, that's it right there. And we got a couple more. The one, The next one, you probably heard it. You've heard it in every episode just about. Right. If you haven't listened to episode four and five, you heard it there many a times. Go to counseling. 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 Yes. Therapy. Yes. Go somewhere. Talk to a professional. Because like, yes, it's good to have the community, but sometimes you need somebody who is trained in listening understanding asking the right questions you need somebody who is trained to really hear what you're saying and really like pull everything together to unpack what's everything you need somebody that has an unbiased opinion that part too yes 100 people the people in your corner a lot of times we try to have an unbiased opinion but a lot of times we have a biased opinion yeah and sometimes i know when i was going to therapy one of the things i was just like I need someone to have eyes on my life, to look at my life from an outside perspective. Yeah. I like, I talk to Dominique and my friends all the time. They already have a set idea of certain characters in my life. Different people who are in my life. They already have a formed opinion. You need somebody that doesn't have a formed opinion to give you a better view, a better perspective of what's really going on. 100%. And then I think the last two that we have deal directly with pride. Yep. When you are struggling with pride, dealing with pride, trying to manage or get it under control, 
I've heard this quote so many times and it, it's proved itself over and over again to be true. Thank you makes room for more. Yeah. Saying thank you, being grateful, showing gratitude yeah. is a way to be actively humble, to quickly humble yourself when you realize that you did not do it alone. Yeah. Right. It is a quick eye opener to just like the, the support team, the community, the people you have around you, the people who've helped you get to this high place that you think you are on. When you go back and sit and think about it and can really intentionally say thank you to the people who have helped you, it humbles you. Yeah. It really humbles you. And then the last one, serve others. Yeah. Do something that causes you to be the servant. Do something that that brings brings your ego down. Do something where you have to do it out of love. You have to take yourself out of it because when you become a servant to people, you have to completely remove yourself from the situation because yeah. it's not about you. Mm-mm. Jesus practiced serving. He practiced serving the people in your service. How do you serve? When is the last time that you served somebody? Not because somebody told you to. Not out of obligation. But because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Be a help. Do for somebody else. It humbles you. Not expecting anything in return. I got to say that because if you expecting something to come back, there go that little ugly pride again. Because I did this for you. Do you remember? Huh? All that I've done for you. That's horrible. Yeah, we got to be careful. And again, this is not just us pointing the finger at other people because we've dealt with it ourselves. Pride is real. Still dealing with that ourselves. Pride is real. Pride shows up in so many areas of your life. And a lot of times we don't realize it, right? It shows up in so many ways. And that's the point of this episode. I'm saved, but are we there yet? It's just simply to say nobody is there yet. Be humble. Nobody has made it but Jesus. Nope. Yes, we are literally living to be like him. Yeah. Not to be him because we can't be perfect. We are every day striving to be perfected, yeah. which trying to get there. And we have to make that understanding and that connection of just like this daily, this walk with God is a daily battle, daily choices, daily decision to realize what's in us that is not of God, fixing it and elevating what is of God and walking in that prosperity. That's just yeah. the reality. And so take a deep breath. Breathe in, breathe out, all right? You know, give grace to yourself just as we have to give grace to ourselves. Every day God has extended grace to us. Um, You know, there is this prayer. It's really like a really short prayer that my mentor, uh, when I start doing some of this work, this is self-work that my mentor uh, had me say, and I hope I get it right. Here goes, God, I acknowledge my pride in this area. So you need to ask Lord to show it to you first. But it's like, God, I acknowledge this pride in this area of my life as sin. I repent of this. And I cover it and its consequences in the blood of Jesus. Say that prayer. Say it. Say that prayer. It it was life-changing for me. And then after you say the prayer, do the work. Do the work. It's not going to happen overnight. I've been in therapy for two, almost, I think, three years. Okay. Dealing with this rejection thing and it get on my nerves. But it is necessary. You will be a better person because of it. God loves you. And like Dominique said earlier, he did not put this podcast in your hearing. uh, Because he's angry at you. 
what he wants to do. He's a loving father. And before we begin to face the consequences of our actions, he will put multiple warnings. He will give us multiple signs to be like, hey, 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 I'm trying to get your attention. You headed towards a cliff. Stop. (laughs) And woe to you. Woe to you that will not heed what the Lord is saying. Because some of us are in situations because of our pride. And if you if you happen to find yourself in a situation, in a negative situation that you can't really explain, I would suggest that you ask the Lord, Lord, what is this and why is this going on? We have to get into the... Um, we have to get into the habit of asking God what's going on. We have to. But anyway, welcome to uh, episode six. It was very, very heavy. Um, but we hope that it blessed you. We hope that you got something out of it. If you did, let us know. Put it in the comments below. All right. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, Like uh, our page on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. All right. Um, So that you can keep up with all of the content and any new information that we'll be putting out. Um, And there's something that I'm forgetting. Make sure y'all come back. Make sure y'all come back for episode seven. 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 Episode seven, I feel like it's going to be a good one. Just a, a a moment to just live in, to be in the moment, rather. Mm-hmm. Episode seven is called I'm Saved, But I Need a Hug. Girl, can I get, I need a hug after this podcast. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> it's called I'm Saved, But I Need a Hug. Come back to, to find more out about it, okay? All right. We'll see y'all next week, every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure y'all are there. And as usual, always remember, I love you. I love you more. We love you 3,000. Bye. Bye.